0: Let me give you some good news this morning. You ready? Every one of us at some point is going to fail. <laughs> You're glad you came to church. You're going to mess up something, right? Every one of us at some point are going to drop the ball. We're going to, we're going to uh, you, know, you know, botch something. I don't know what words you want to use with it. But every one of us at some point are going to mess something up. And so we've got to figure out how do we move forward when we've messed something up. And I don't know why this came up right now coming out of, coming out of COVID. I don't know if a lot of people just feel like, I man, there's just a lot of things we messed up. There's a lot of things that, you know, that maybe I said that I shouldn't have said to family members. Maybe there's some, there's some stances I took that I shouldn't have taken. Maybe there's some, right? There's just, you know, we're wrestling with, with some of that. You know, the only way to assure that we don't fail at anything is to never attempt anything. But if we never attempt anything, then we never accomplish anything. If we never accomplish every, anything, then we've actually failed at everything. So the reality is that you can't ever move through life without messing something up. Hey, sometimes those things are small issues. Maybe it's you know, performance at, at work. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's struggling to keep up with the demand that's on you in, in the workplace. Um, maybe it's on home projects. Um, I'm doing our floors right now, and uh, you know, I, I consider myself a handy guy. Can I tell you what happened? Tate and I are laying these, like th- that luxury vinyl tile that locks together, you know what I mean? And you have to start over here in the house, and you go to all the way to this side of the house. Well, we start and finish a room, and then we went to the kitchen, and we finished the whole kitchen. We're coming out of the kitchen, and we had the whole idea, uh, had a great idea, that we'd put the fridge back. And so we go and we put the fridge back. And, guys, I looked up after we moved that fridge back, and there was scratches whoosh, all the way through everything that we just got done doing in the kitchen over. Yeah, come on, everybody. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. So guess what I was doing yesterday? I was pulling the kitchen all back up, and replacing all those. Come on, everybody. Somebody, it hurts. My body is sore today. I don't get it. Yeah, I am getting old. I know, like. Tatum's, like, running around, like, just get, I'm like, I can't even move right now. What are you talking about? But She's like, you need to work out more often. Okay, this is, this is therapy for me. So sometimes it's things like that. I'm going to get you back right now, though, listen. <laughs> Do you remember your first, one of your first jobs in college, Tatum? of Tatum's first job's in college, like she messed up so bad on the first day of work. She got out of her car, started walking in, turned around and realized that she had some teepee following her as she walked through the office. And it's fine. <laughs> didn't you quit like shortly thereafter, right? Messing it up. Not a very good first impression. Um, sometimes it's on light things like that. Not very big deal. We're going to mess up on some small issues. Other times it's significant. Like, we've made mistakes that, that impact relationships, that, that impact uh, friendships. Like, sometimes we give into the things that we've been wrestling with, right? And so maybe you're, you're, you're wrestling with pride, you're wrestling with lust, you're, you're, you're wrestling with selfishness or laziness, and you find yourself giving in to that struggle, okay? What do you do in those moments when you've, when you've failed, when you've given in, when you've messed up? Sometimes it's a failure that no one knows about. There's things in your life that, that no one else even sees, but there's places of, of failure even within your, your own heart. You told yourself you wouldn't, fill in the blank, and yet you did, right? And now there's shame and there's guilt. Maybe for some of you, it's something everyone knows about. I mean, that's the worst. When you, not only do you fail, but you fail publicly, right? Now everyone knows Family knows, friends know, community knows, and it's kind of marked you. And now you feel like you're wearing this failure around. You feel like when people think of you, they think of you and this failure, you know, this thing you did. Here's what I wanna help you with this morning, friends. We are all at some point going to fail in some way. And what you need to realize, friends, is that after you've fallen, you don't have to stay down that that success in life listen success in life is properly handling failure in life let me say that again listen to me success in life is properly handling failure in life we're all going to fail the question is, what do you do when you fail? What do you do when you fall? Do you get up and move forward or do you, do, or do you allow that thing to, to paralyze you and to, and to put you into the sidelines? you got to make a decision because, friends, success in life is based on how you handle failure in life. I mean, think about, it. I, I, I wrote this, that Abraham Lincoln failed in business at the age of 21, was defeated as a legislative, in the legislative race at the age of 22. He failed again in business at the age of 24. He overcame the death of his um, fiance at the age of 26. He had a nervous breakdown at the age of 27. He lost the congregation, uh, the um, congressional race, at the age of 34. I mean, at that point, you're like, why even keep trying, Mr. Lincoln? like everywhere you everything you touch just turns into failure he lost a senate race at the age of 45 and became the vice president at the age of 47 became the president of the United States at the age of 52 it's not just the questions not are you going to fail but how do you handle it when you fail limitations says this, Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 and 23. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, right? His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is whose faithfulness? His faithfulness. Your faithfulness? No, his faithfulness. Friends, listen to me very closely. When you fall down or get knocked down, you don't have to stay down because His mercies never come to an end. Your potential never comes to an end. Just because you had a bad experience in a relationship, just because you made a bad decision or you've had a bad day, you've had a bad month, you've had a bad couple of years, right, doesn't mean you're done. Doesn't mean it's over. If you're still breathing, God's still working. Can I get a better amen? It doesn't mean you can't hope again. It doesn't mean you can't believe again. It doesn't mean you can't dream again. It doesn't mean you can't ever experience peace again. God's not done with you, friends. His mercies are new every morning, but I keep failing every day. Well, every day there's a new mercy ready to meet you in the middle of whatever failure, whatever mistake you find yourself in. And if you and I don't learn how to move forward from failure, then here's what happens. You're gonna get stuck. Here's where some of you are today. Some of us are today. Listen to me, you're stuck. So you get stuck in the hurt. You get stuck in the pain. You're stuck in the circumstances. You're, you're stuck in the failure. And some of you in here today find yourself stuck. You've allowed the failure to mark you and you can't move past it. Here's what Isaiah says. He says, forget the former things. God says, hey, you're my presence today. Here's what I want you to do. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing, say it with me, new. I'm doing a what? New. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm doing miracles in your life. I'm gonna, where it looks like it's dry. Look at me right now. Where it looks like you'll never have water. Where it looks like there'll never be life. God says, I will put, I will put streams in the middle of that wasteland. There'll be life again. Look at me in the middle of what looks like life lifeless. God says, that's what I do. Maybe people have failed you. Maybe you're sitting, you going, I don't know how I got here. This isn't what I planned on. You've got a God who wants to meet you right in the middle of where you are. And help you move forward from whatever kind of failure, hurt, injustice that you've been hit with today. You know, the the Bible is full of overcomers. Think about, think about the stories we we read in, in in scripture. It's people who've overcome, right? You got you've got Jonah. Here's this man of God. God says, go to Nineveh. What is what is Jonah? What is Jonah? He says, No. God said go. He's like, no. And so he runs the other way. And 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 he he gets on a boat and he goes he goes down into the boat and he goes down into the into the bottom of the boat and then and then the storm comes and he goes out into the ocean and then down into the depths of the sea and he's just his life is just spiraling down as he's running from God. But he cried out to God in the middle of his rebellion, in the middle of his failure. God meets him, and you know the story, right? The, The the great fish puts Jonah right where God intended him to be. And I'm telling you right now, no matter how far you feel like you've wandered from the plan that God has for your life, in just a moment, he could put you right back where he wants you to be. You just call out to him. Think of Jonah. Think of um, other overcomers in the Bible, those who've had setbacks. We all love uh, David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath. But what about David and Bathsheba, right? He failed. He fell into sin. It was public knowledge of what David had done. And, and he, he was rebelling against God. Yet he cries out to God after wrestling with guilt and shame and how he had hurt others. He cries out to God. And God in his mercy and his grace begins to restore even David. See, some of you say, my, my failure is too great. Think about the stuff that you're reading in your Bible. David cheats on his, on, on, his, on his wife, and then he sends the husband of this woman into battle and has him murdered. And then God shows up with his grace and his mercy and begins to restore even that guy, David, to the point where we read in Scripture that, that God says that David, may me describe David to you? He doesn't say David, the guy that messed up with Bathsheba. David, the guy who committed murder. David, the guy, what does he say? He says, David, a man after my own heart. What is that? That is the restoration of God upon a life. And I'm telling you, that same restoration is ava- available for every single one of us. Can I add this too? It's also available for the people around you that have failed. Some of you want God's restoration in your life, but you're not, a, you're not willing to even offer a little of that to those who have failed you in your life. And friends, that restoration of, of, of God is something he wants you to walk in. It's something that he wants you to. To extend to others, let me give you two more. Think about this, and then we'll get into the how to move forward from this. Think about Peter, right? Peter, we know, denied the Lord three times; like he failed. Judas, Judas failed. They both, uh, they both had moved themselves to a place of failure. Judas goes on to take his life, and Peter goes on to be a great leader within the church. What's the difference? is that Peter learned to lean into God's mercy, lean into God's grace. His life became a story of a comeback, and yours, my friends, can too. You ready? Let's look at scripture and how to do it. First of all, write this down. You need to reflect, reflect. Whenever you've failed at something, whenever we've messed up at something, whenever something hasn't gone, gone the way that we hoped it would, whenever we find ourselves in a place where we've dropped the ball again, we've done that thing again, the first thing before you can move forward from any kind of failure, you've got to stop and reflect. You've got to come back to what went wrong. Luke chapter 22, verses sixteen and 62. Peter, uh, t- before this moment, tells the Lord, I'll never deny you, Lord. God, I, I, he says, Jesus, I will I will go to the grave for you if I have to, right? I'll give my life for you. But here in, in the book of Luke, we see that Peter actually denies the Lord three times. Because the, the Lord said to him, he says, Peter, I, I, I appreciate your strength, but you're going to deny me three times for the cock crows, right? And then we read this in, in Luke chapter 22. It says, the Lord... The the, the cock crows, the Lord turns and looks straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word that the Lord spoke to him, that before the rooster crows the day, you will disown me three times. And here's what I want you to see. And he went outside and did what? Wept bitterly. He failed. And instead of being like, no big deal, whatever, he goes out and he's broken over it. Peter's outside and he's weeping bitterly. It hit him hard. And I think that this is something that a lot of people are not willing to do to let the reality of of the wrongdoing, let the reality of of, of the mess we've made actually hit us. You guys, for restoration to take place, listen to me, you've got to allow yourself to actually feel the weight of of what you did and of what went went wrong. You can't just ignore it. You can't bury it. You can't act like it's not there, yet so many people want to do it. They just want to forget it. I'll just forget it. Forget about it. Forget about it. No, you've got to come and reflect on it for a moment. Like, like, take it in. Don't downplay it. Come face to face with it. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. I messed up. Say it to you. Say it, you know, confess it. Um, we want to justify sin we want our our, our wrongdoing we want we want to um, make a little issue of it but for healing to take place we have to say no this is sin if it is sin and this is wrong and and I could be doing better at this and I should I should be growing in that and just kind of let. I know this isn't a fun place to be but we've got to let the weight of that weigh on us just like Peter did here he he fails, and then he it breaks him. Some of you are unable to move forward because you're just unwilling to admit where you actually are. I mean, it's like you got to stop and go, here's where I'm at. I'm, I'm not doing a great job at this, and I did drop the ball on that. You know, you're, the map's on your phone. I've used this illustration before. And I, I, I'll do it again because it's a good one. The map on your phone can get you anywhere you need to be. If you're, and I love that, I remember when, when I had my very first iPhone, it's funny, they went back to that model, like that little square one, I remember having that one, and it was the weirdest thing in the world to not have to, come on, back in the day, you remember when you wanted to find like a, like a target or something in an area that you'd never been in before, like you'd have to, what did you have to do? You had to pull up into a gas station, excuse me, do you guys know where there's a target around here, right? Or some of y'all are like, forget that, you guys had your like, what are those maps called, the... Thomas <laughs> oh, Guide, oh my gosh. <laughs> A4. <laughs> right? Uh, and I remember when the phone, when it first came out, and I could say, you get, Target. And it would go, look, there's a Target. And it would show up on my, on my little map. But what, what would also show up on the little map is a little blue dot. The little blue dot is where I was, and the Target is where I needed to be. In order to get from where I was to where I needed to be, I actually had to own where I was. I have to start at the blue dot, so to speak. And the same thing is true in your life. I'm telling you, God can get you to where you need to be from wherever you might find yourself today. But you have to first admit where you actually are. If you're like, oh, that's, that's not where I am. I need directions from a different location. You, you'll never get to where you need to be. Just, you follow what I'm saying? There's a humility. Watch. A humility that has to wash over you and go, you know, I'm not doing the greatest job at this. You know, I actually did drop the ball. You know, I actually did fail. You know, I actually, I, what I did was hurtful and I own, I'm going to own it. Peter, he, he owns it. And friends, you got to start there. You got to reflect. You come back to what went wrong. You know, to move forward, that has to be a, 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 a constant in your life. Do you know, as, at, at Citizens Church, every single Tuesday, the staff gets together. And do you know what we do? We don't just talk about, come on, staff, you're with me, right? We don't just talk about, hey, what are all the great things that happened this week? We're all like, this happened and that happened, this was great. Like, we don't just talk about all the great stuff. We call them wins and we call them, come on, help me Chandler, come on, help me Chloe, losses, right? We go, what were the wins? Oh, this was great. What were the losses? Well, and we face the reality of things that we need to get better at. We face the reality of things that need to be changed. If we never, you get the point, right? If you never own the things that need to be changed, they will never actually, they will never actually change. This, this, this thing hit Peter hard. He knew he failed, he wept over it, he faced it, he took it in. You know, before Nehemiah ever rebuilt the walls, he walked around him and said, what's wrong with the walls? And it's the same thing in your life. Some of us get stuck outside of where God wants to lead us because we're unwilling to actually admit where we are. Question for you today, where are you? Where are you? Where are you in, in the relationship? Where are you in the marriage? Where, where are you in the, the calling of God on your life? Where, where are you? Hey, where are you? Do you remember when, 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 when Adam failed? Adam and Eve, right? What's the very first thing that God said as he came looking? He said, Adam, where are you? Do you think God lost Adam? Like I was like, I have no clue where he went. Come on. Of course not. God knew exactly where he was. Then why in the world was God saying, Adam, where are you? Because he wanted Adam to admit where he was. Because for restoration to take place, he had to start with confessing where he was, owning where he was. So God says, God has this massive plan of restoration for Adam's life, but it starts with, where are you? Hey, where are you? Come on, really, honestly, think about it. Where are you? What are the struggles you're facing? What are the failures? What are the, where are the places that you need to see restoration? You've gotta start with where you are. And here's where, if there is sin, you need to confess it. You gotta call it sin. First John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins. This is also friends in these moments of reflecting where you're gonna ask some questions. Most people, 90% 90 of people don't do this when they failed at something. Ask some questions. Like where did it go wrong? Where did I go wrong? Be honest. What can I do now? What needs to be different this time? You know, what, what can I learn from it? What, what, what adjustments do I need to, to make? Most people never do this, you guys. They just kind of, they, they make a mistake. Watch this. They make a mistake and then they get up and go, wow, and they kind of plow on through life without ever uh, addressing the mistake, without ever looking at what they could do different in this next season. They just kind of plow on forward. You know what Einstein said? Einstein said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. If you don't stop, and I promise I'm going to move on from this point, if you don't stop to take it all in, here's what's going to happen. If you don't go to make some changes, you're going to take the same old you into some new opportunities. And, friends, for you to move forward, you've got to face the music. Making sense? So first thing we do is we have to reflect. Here's the next thing. Regroup. Write that down. Regroup. Like, get yourself back to church. Do you know where Peter is found the next time we see him in Scripture? John chapter 21, verses 1 and 2. John 21, 1 and 2. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and the two others of his disciples were... Together, after Peter fell, Jesus goes to the cross, he gives his life, he, he's resurrected, and he goes to find Peter. Where's Peter? He's together with the other disciples. He regrouped. Here's what's going to happen in your life. Listen to me. When there's failure, when, when, you've, when you've messed something up, there's going to be this tendency to try to push yourself away from community. There's this this tendency to to try to hide, to move into isolation. And whenever I see people pulling into isolation, it worries me because you can never move forward in life while you're living in isolation in life. But it's the very thing the enemy's gonna whisper to you. Oh, you failed. How embarrassing. You shouldn't be around those people. You, You need to just stay home. You need to actually change your community. You need to actually go somewhere different now. You need to, right? And the enemy will whisper that to you. But what you need to do is, friends, press into community. When Peter fell, guys, he didn't hide. He went to C group. That's what he's doing right here. I mean, you can't read. But he's at C. He went to a C group. He's like, I messed up real bad. I denied, I denied the Lord three times. You guys all know it. Can we just hang out and do life together? And he regrouped. Guys, regrouping, grouping's is going to lift you up. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says two are better than one you got to have people in your life that will be there when you fall. Grouping is going to provide you wisdom. Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Sometimes you need some, some people in your life that can see things you can't see in your life. Right? You've got to get the people around you who could speak into things that, that, that are like blind spots to you. And you need to listen. Take it in. Grouping is also going to give you support. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you share a burden, it's cut in half. When you share a joy, the joy is doubled. And God says you just need to share your life with people. Don't run from people. You've got to regroup. Some of you, some of us get stuck in failure because we're unwilling to do this. We're unwilling to let the people in our life that God intends to be a part of the restoration in our life. And I'm telling you, there are people right now that can actually help you from wherever you are move forward into what God to what God has for your life. You've heard me talk about it before. You only have a certain amount of, 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 of tools uh, that are available to you to try to do the thing you're trying to do. You know, I, I, I've shared with you guys an illustration of when I go to the beach and I'm, I'm digging a, a little jacuzzi for my kids when they were young. I used to make them jacuzzis down at the beach, everybody. we go down, and you dig deep enough to where you hit the water, right, and it fills up with water, and I'd make this little little pool that they had. This is a massive ocean, but they want to hang out in the little pool that I made for them, right? And I remember trying to dig those things. You'd, in certain beaches, you would get down to certain layers that first it's soft sand, and then all of a sudden it's rock, and it's hitting my fingers, and it hurts, and I'm like, oh, I can't do this anymore, and then someone comes and says, why don't you use a shovel? I'm like, I didn't know I could use a shovel. I could use a shovel. Okay, give me the shovel. And all of a sudden, that shovel makes this endeavor much easier. And see, some of you are trying to dig at the thing and do the thing, and all you got is what you got. You got to get some people around you to go, hey, there's a shovel they make for that. And you'll never know it if, you, if you're unwilling to actually to regroup. Don't run from people, run toward people. It's what Peter did. It's what, what you and I need to do. So friends, you've got to reflect. Someone say reflect. You've got to regroup. Someone say regroup. Got to group. Here's the next one. Rebound. You come back and try it again. You don't just give up. You come back and try it again. You've heard it, right? If you're going to learn to ride a horse, you've got to learn how to get up when you've fallen off a horse, Right? Because if you don't learn how to get back on the horse, after you've fallen off the horse, you never learn how to ride the horse. And it's the same thing with your life. You got to go back at it again. Just because you messed up the first time doesn't mean you quit. You try it again. John chapter 21, verse 15. After Peter fell, denied the Lord three times. Jesus comes and he finds Peter. And here's the conversation they had. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? What were the these that Jesus was talking about? I think he's, looking, he's pointing at the fish in my mind. Why? Because Peter was a fisherman. Peter, Peter's life revolved around catching fish, and Jesus goes, do you love me more than your old way of life? Do you love me more than the stuff that just comes, comes easy to you? Do you love me more than, than, than these? And Peter says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And what did Jesus say to him? Then feed my lambs. Then, then step into your calling, Peter. Then try it again, Peter. Why don't, why don't you 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 lean forward in what I called you to do just one more time, Peter? Just get up and, and try it again. You know, Peter probably felt like he all he had left was these. All he had left was fishing and and fish and and boats and ocean. Because that's all he knew. And he probably told himself, I'll never be more than just this. Because any time I've tried anything different than this, it hasn't worked out. So Peter probably felt like that's all he had. He failed at following Jesus. He, He failed in his ministry. He failed in his calling. So what could he possibly do now more than just be a fisherman? And Jesus shows him and says, don't you quit, Peter. You keep going, Peter. You press on, Peter. I've got more for you, Peter. We're just getting started, Peter. You, you've seen nothing yet, Peter. Let's, let's keep moving, Peter. You're not disqualified. I put ministry in you, Peter. I got a future for you, Peter. A hope for you, Peter. I got life for you. Just keep at it. Try again. Press on. Friends, God would say the same thing to you as well in the middle of whatever situation you find yourself in. He's going to move you forward. Paul the apostle said this. He said, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. He goes, yeah, I failed there. This is Paul the apostle. Yeah, I failed there. Yeah, matter of fact, I, Paul, Paul was, Paul killed a lot of Christians He was a murderer of Christians before he met Jesus. And he could very easily look at his past and go, my goodness, I'm not fit for ministry. But here's what he says. Forgetting the things that are behind, I press on. Listen, you need to press on to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of you. He laid a hold, look at me, he got a hold of your life for a reason. Come on, you're not sitting in here on accident. He got a hold of your life for a reason. So you get up every day and go, I'm gonna press into the very thing that God has for my life. It's called turning the page, friends. You gotta turn the page. You gotta start a new chapter. Some of you right now, you've been, you've been, you've been just, like this is a long chapter in your life and you're letting it just keep playing out. And God says, let's just turn the page. Let's, let's start a new chapter. And here's the last thing. It's Remember. Remember come back to God's grace over and over and over again. Look at me. Remember that your God is gracious. In those moments where you feel like you failed, you messed up, you can't move forward, you've got a gracious God. And as you move forward from whatever failure or mistake that you made in life, you move forward covered in grace. Okay, watch this. Before we understand that we're absolutely dependent on God's grace, we run at life with this kind of wild, bring it on, I've got this you know, kind of ambition. You know, Nothing can stand in my way. And there's something special about that ambition. But there's also something very dangerous about that ambition. Because we go at life with, with this kind of a mindset. Like, I'm going to fix the marriage. right? I'm going to make myself better. I, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to build this company. I'm going to build this ministry. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm, and we, we put all of this pressure, all of this all of this kind of, you know, weight on who we are and what we bring to this situation. You guys following me? Because we don't yet understand God's grace. We feel like it's all on us. So we run at life with, watch me. This is the, I call it the, the pre-rooster Peter, Right? Like pre-rooster Peter, he's like, "Bring it, Jesus! I'll never deny it. Jesus, I'll go to the, I'll go to death with you, Jesus! I'll just kind of, I, 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 right? This like pre-rooster Peter, just I'm gonna get this all figured out, right? My tenacity and my skill and my personality are gonna win the day, but post-rooster Peter, he's broken. And there's a sweetness about brokenness sometimes. There's a, there's a humility now, right? His hope is not in his ability. His hope's in God's ability. And the the Peter that Jesus calls into ministry after the rooster crowed is far more ready than the Peter Jesus called before the rooster crowed. Because that Peter understands he can't do it on his own. He's far stronger now. He knows his weakness now. He's not operated in pride now. He's coming at it in humility. And friends, this is how we need to live our lives, walking in humility, walking in God's grace. You need to, from this moment forward, constantly remember that this isn't God, watch me, right? This is God, I need you with me. Every moment of every day. I don't wake up and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this done today. I'm going to do better on my own today. I wake up and I humble myself before God. I say, God, I need you to help me today. I can't do this on my own today. I'm not going to be able to make it through if you don't show up today. God, I'm completely dependent upon you today. I need to remember that every single day I come before him. Every single day, I'm throwing the weight of my life upon him because I cannot do it on my own. As we close and the worship team comes up. You know, I imagine that every time Peter heard a rooster crow, before he met with Jesus, because remember, he, the rooster crows, he denies the Lord three times, the rooster crows, and then Jesus goes to the cross, gives his life. And in those moments, every time Peter heard a, heard a rooster crow, I'm sure it reminded him, You're such a failure, Peter. You're never going to make it, Peter. You, you, you thought you were all that, Peter. And you, right? It just constantly washed over him this, this shame and this, this guilt. And he sunk in defeat. But then after he met with Jesus, I think everything was different. He Every time he heard a rooster crow after he met with Jesus, I think it probably reminded him of, of God's mercy. It reminded him of God's grace. It reminded him of God's goodness. And, and instead of sinking in defeat, he would rise up in victory. He, he'd sing out some praise. He, he would... He would thank God for his goodness. Whenever he would remember, because of that rooster crowing, he'd go, God, you're so good to me, right? The rooster reminded him of God's grace. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Would you let the things that once reminded you of your failure become the things that are now going to remind you of God's faithfulness? God can do that change. Right now, you're like... Every time that, that that situation comes up, it, it just reminds you of how, gosh, I failed, and I and I'm so hurt, and I'm. But God actually wants to heal you and get you a place that, whenever you remember it, you say, "God, you met me there, and God, you healed me from that moment. God, you you brought me forward into, into greener pastures, and God, you right and He's He's bringing you forward from whatever failure you may experienced. Everything changed when Peter met with Jesus. Everything will change when you allow yourself to meet with Jesus. Come on and hear what I said. Everything will change when you allow yourself to just meet with Jesus in the middle of big issues, small issues, this thing, that thing. Just let Jesus guide you through it. Reflect on it. Rebound from it. Regroup. Get yourself around people. And just keep moving forward, always remembering his grace. Can I get a better amen, church? Amen.